Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. We are joined by the man himself, Dan LaMagna, that is at FFCoachDan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? Great to be here, gentlemen. As we were talking pre-show a little bit, I feel like a, a John Bauer light there. I got a couple drafts going on at once right now. It's, I was a little disappointed when the Home Depot guy came and, and I couldn't be doing fantasy football, but I kicked him out in time for our show. So let's do this, gentlemen. You got to make sure your priorities are straight. I understand you want to do some things with your kitchen, but we have an episode, episode 124 of Dynasty Theory. And joining us back from his one-week hiatus. I can't keep everything straight because it was Dan two weeks ago, Mitch last week. I'll be gone next week. So the whole the whole crew is here, but we're joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DynoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's up, Like I'm very happy to be here, but it wasn't my fault last time you recorded no. while I was still at work for like, I had like four more hours to go too. It was completely my fault. I found out that Dan was off. He was not working. I was at home and I was like, I, I kind of want to have tonight off. So let's jump on right now, get the episode out early. And Mitch was like, well, that's fine because I'm, I'm truck shopping again for the 30th time this week. Speaking of truck shopping, if anybody is out there looking for trucks, don't bother. There aren't any. I found one, but like, it wasn't the one. I just found one and said, fine, I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about trucks. We do have some fantasy football. We want to talk about there is so but actually before we get into it let me plug a few things here if you're listening on the podcast feed stitcher spotify itunes uh podbean i don't know if i mentioned that already but check out the youtube channel we're still throwing out some youtube exclusive content between dynasty theory and fantasy football confidential subscribe get alerts don't miss a show the projections Mitch and I, we put together our 2021 projections, and then my baby, if you will, the points per game analyzer. Mitch, really quick, can you tell the listeners why I did the points per game analyzer? You because came to me. All I did was say, you know, it would be cool if there was a way, because right now there aren't any calculators that do it, that where if you want to make a trade on a contender, you could actually see if you're improving your starting lineup. And so John goes like, I got it. And a week later, here we are. Hey, give me some credit. I don't, I think it was like three days later. It was, it was a week later, but essentially, and, and if you're looking for it, go below. If you're on YouTube in the description of this episode, the link is there for the projections and the analyzer. But then I made my best possible attempt based on your projected points. And these are projections based on our projections. So a lot of people put out projections. They do a lot of work and that's fantastic, but I wanted another way, another visual, another uh, uh, tool tool for that people could use and have at their disposal to look at projections in a different way. So it also spits out your projected rankings, your projected win total for the season. And how many points per game needed you need to bump up to accumulate one more win. That P really popped there. Up, up. Man, 
I need I need to get my pop filter. And then last thing, merchandise. I bought three shirts already today. We have finally kicked off uh, our little merch store over on T Public. The link is also in the description of this episode if you're on YouTube, and then it's going to be in the description on the podcast feed as well. Okay, now let's get into some football. I, I reached out to Mitch. I said, what do we want to call this first segment? And I, we I was coming up with words. I'm like, is this even a real word? John was like, no. No. So again, this is a topic that came to us in our Discord chat over the last week. I think like 10 to 15 people reached out to us to get in the Discord. It is a growing community, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of entertaining conversations, but we do discuss football. We have all those different channels. Dan probably looks at his phone. He's like, wow, 200 missed messages here. What are these guys doing during the day? But the topic that was thrown at us, and I'm going to read this as a quote, one topic that keeps coming up across this group that I think is super interesting We keep talking about players that the community is low on for seemingly no reason, like Mark Andrews, David Montgomery, Matt Ryan, etc. It would be cool if you could see if there's any pattern with these players so we can identify when those dips happen for no reason in the future and buy low. And Mitch, before the episode, you said, where are we taking this episode tonight? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways to go with it. And I was like hoping that you could lead us in a direction to where it was at least coherent for the listeners. Yeah, we're going to make an attempt here. But one thing, and I tried to compare it based on just just two years, last year's ADP and this year's ADP. And we don't want to necessarily talk about specific players. We had somebody reach out to us last week after they listened to the episode with Dan and myself and said that they love the different topics we've been covering because it isn't go out and acquire this player, go out and sell this player. And I I think, you know, trying to keep it fresh is very important, not just for us, but for the listeners as well, to give something different than maybe another dynasty podcast is providing. So overarching, you know, looking at the landscape here, what, can we do as dynasty managers whenever there is a player that as it was said in the, the prompt that we received for no reason, it seems like people are low on them. And Mark Andrews, I think is a perfect example. So without just spending, I I don't want to, this isn't about Mark Andrews necessarily, Mm -hmm. but Dan, is there anything you can think of that there's a player they produce but for one reason or another, and like you can't say age, age is a given. And if you're not watching on YouTube, I just gave Mitch and Dan the point. No, nope, can't bring up age. But what, what's something that people, for some reason, they, they just dismiss these guys even while being productive? I think it's important to ask the question, why are they being dismissed? And I will not go. I think the list of names you did give. Age is out of there, except for Matty Ryan. That's probably why Salazar's in the chat there saying, I like them all, but Matty Ryan, because they're a younger group. Um, but you got to ask the why. And if we could use Mark Andrews as an example, and again, not selling them, not ranking them, just saying right, that right. as an example, we've talked in past shows where I've watched a lot of those games last year because that's what I love to do. Like, I wonder if people get caught up in the analytics or the statistics and don't always see the story. 
You know, what, what was going on with that team that that guy did not produce last year? Because I watched the games, and Mark Andrews looked pretty darn good. And I can't tell you how many plays that, whether it be Mark Andrews or Marquise Hollywood Brown, they missed by inches. You, you know, I mean, there were so many close plays in Baltimore. That offense just wasn't in sync last year like it was two years ago. And I think people are holding on to that hard. And I'm excited about Baltimore this year, kind of the whole team. Um, you know, we'll pick, pick your poison, whether it's J.K. Dobbins or any of those receiving threats. That, you know, they, they've built their offense. I think as long as they protect better, I think this is a better offense. And a guy like Mark Andrews gets it improves. And there's a lot of other guys we could probably think of. You know, a lot of people, I'll give an example, don't like Zach Moss and all. And maybe they're right, but don't let it be because of what the Bills did last year. You know, if you don't like Zach Moss, that's fine. But don't let it be just because because they tried to pump him last year and the guy just kept getting hurt, you know. So uh, I, you, there's more to it. Go ahead, JB. You probably don't like my Zach Moss example, but he's well, a guy I like because I think there's something there. I don't like the Zach Moss example. And this isn't an attack on Zach Moss whatsoever, but he hasn't necessarily produced. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. And we, we titled the segment weighing values. And it's kind of the value of a player on your team versus the return you're getting. If you move them and the price to acquire. So I didn't have my dirty uh, paper towel tonight. If you're watching on YouTube, I had the little blanket here as my red flag. I, hey, I record in the basement. It gets it's a little chilly down here sometimes with the air pumping. Yeah. But I, you, you did bring up a good point, Dan. And Mitch, how often have we talked about don't be a box score watcher? Mm -hmm. And I think to an extent that could really tie in with what Dan was talking about. If you're not watching a game and you're not seeing what's actually going on and, and the game script and the flow not necessarily just for the Baltimore Ravens, but any team that's going to come into play. It is, but we're still for us. We could look in that and be like, Hey, we like this player's value where he's at, or, but we actually like him a little bit, a little bit more. So we're willing to go out and acquire him. But one of the issues people are having is they're not able to foresee the players who just don't get the bump. You brought up Chris Carson and David Montgomery earlier. It doesn't matter what they do this, this season. They both can be top five running backs. Their value will not go up next offseason. And it's going to be the same for any other running back that comes. They get that third round, you know, fourth round, even later for Chris Carson. And just because they don't have that draft capital, they will never be valued highly in Dynasty. Look at the top 12 Dynasty running backs right now. None of them have low draft capital. There isn't one. No, I first or second for the most part. Yeah. But okay, so you mentioned two names, David Montgomery and Chris Carson, and those are two names that I have listed here. So June 20, 2080p, David Montgomery running back 22. He goes out and puts up running back seven numbers on a per game basis in 2020. He's running back 22 this June. So one year later, after a top eight performance, no change. Now, a lot of that has to do with these younger guys coming up. <clears throat> Excuse me. These younger guys coming up. Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, who I'm sure many people have all three of them ranked above David Montgomery. Fine. Chris Carson, year after year after year. Like, for Chris Carson, if you invested in that player, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after that first year uh, that he was productive, you've gotten your value out of him already at this point. And anything else is just kind of gravy. Chris Carson running back 13 on a per-game basis. ADP of running back 25. 
running back 23 this June, but Mitch, you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't matter what these guys do and draft capital is certainly part of it, but I believe it ties into a bigger picture where if anything happens that you can spin it and put that narrative on a player in a negative light to reaffirm your value and your thought previously. So, Hey, I didn't like David Montgomery before I faded him. Oh, he had a great 2020, but now Tariq Cohen's coming back. He had that easy schedule. He's not going to repeat. So I'm still right to fade him. And I feel like that's the way people look at this and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, if you don't think that's the case, Chris Carson, low draft capital, he's never going to really do anything injuries. Okay. One year, two years, three years. That's not a coincidence anymore. Now we have a trend. Um, I, I just think people look at, uh, you know, confirmation bias and any little change, they, they use that to to put the spin on it, like I said. And uh, I think there's, again, you get really stuck in the previous year. You look at Chris Carson, who's 26 years of age. There's still a few good years in him. When I've we've watched him healthy, he's a beast on the field. But before last year, he had two seasons in a row of 1,150 yards plus, nine touchdowns, seven touchdowns. Uh, 2019, the receptions, you know, took a little bit of a jump, 20 to 37, 17 more catches in, in fantasy football from your running backs. Pretty nice. But we're thinking huh, 681 yards last year. To Mitch's point, he was a seventh round pick. He doesn't have that shine. But Seattle's telling you we're believing Chris Carson and he's our guy. There's no one else behind them that's jeopardizing that job. If that Seattle offense returns to being Seattle's offense, new offensive coordinator this year, you know, hopefully there's some uptick there. But he's a guy that you can get a really good value. So hopefully you're not, you know, holding on to last year with Chris Carson. And that's the thing. And Mitch, I'll turn it over to you. But exactly what Mitch said, it does not matter what Chris Carson does this year. It doesn't. He could go out there and be a top 10 back. I guarantee you. Come this time next year, he's still going to have an ADP of running back 20. And that's kind of what we're really focusing on on here. Why are these guys being thrown to the side and treated like garbage, essentially, in the dynasty community? Yeah, a big thing is you just have to be okay with that if you're okay building your dynasty teams that way. You have to be okay going out and getting Chris Carson and knowing, you know, I'm probably never going to get this price back but he's going to give me a good chance at at least competing for a championship this year. And I was going to bring up quarterbacks because there's another one to where I think it's a really easy way to see the ones that are just going to lose value. We've seen Matt Ryan lose it lately. Um, Goff lost it pretty quick. Matthew Stafford lost it before the trade. Now he gained it for just this little point, but it's going to continually go down. And it's the cold, the quarterbacks were getting older, but it's not just that. It's the ones who don't have any rushing ability yep. at all. Yep. I mean, if they don't have that, they hit a point and they drop. And Kirk, so her cousins, it, I was just going to bring him up. Like the guys that I see dropping from here on out is cousins. Um, Sam Darnold might be at his peak right now. He might be able to go up a little bit, but it's close. And the other one, I'll say it right now, Baker Mayfield, two years ago, that was his peak. He will never hit that point again. Because well, he was he, going to quarterback too. I don't think he will. Right. Let's say it was even like quarterback six or seven. But even when he was in the league, there wasn't as many quarterbacks who have the rushing ability. 
Because I don't even think they're running quarterbacks at this point. Like they're just really good quarterbacks who can run now to where the guys like Baker who they're not going to run, they're just going to kill your squad. And people, even if they are good quarterbacks, they're not going to want them in fantasy. And so that value is just going to continually drop. Before we get to wide receivers, so we talked about the quarterback position and these guys that are constantly disrespected. I even have Ryan Tannehill on the list, somebody that I'm higher than consensus on from a dynasty perspective, quarterback 21 in ADP last year, quarterback 16 this year. He's just one of those guys that's there, even though he does offer a little bit of upside in, in terms of the running game, but for him, and you see this a lot, well, they were hyper-efficient. There's no way they're going to do it again. Well, they've done it two years in a row now. Well, Arthur Smith left. They can't do it again. So I think, you know, one, it's those, the values that you had on a player before the, the breakout and anything that happens after that. Okay, I can fade them again. But then Ryan Tannehill, a, a player that we can use for this example, you know, uh, situations changing within that organization. And I think that's a reason that, that some of these guys, or if a piece is coming back like a Tariq Cohen with David Montgomery, but how can we, so we're, we're, we're diving in here talking about the, the different reasons that players might be undervalued other than age. How can we use this to our advantage as dynasty managers? And Mitch, you hit the nail on the head. You have to be willing to invest in these players at a fairly low price at times, but you're never going to get a great return for them. There's a very good chance as a result of that, they're going to die on your team. And for me personally, because we talked about this with our tier so many times, uh, Dan, I, I know you are, and, and Mitch, I think to an extent, maybe more production oriented. And I'm, hey, what could I get in that open market? that kind of hurts a person like me. I feel like in that strategy, uh, I, I could pay this for Chris Carson. It would be a reduced price, but I'm never going to recoup that value. And as a result, a player like me, a dynasty manager like me is missing out. So Dan, is, do you think these undervalued assets, a way that people can take advantage of that is being willing to have these players on the roster and to keep them on the roster. Yeah, I think that's where it'll pay to listen to Dynasty Theory on a consistent basis. It's knowing when to hop on these guys. You know, you we've been at this for a while this offseason from team previews to coaching changes. And if you're studying those things, some of these guys like Kirk Cousins, Chris Carson, Baker Mayfield, they can win you a league. I mean, they, they really can. I mean, Minnesota's put themselves in a position where I think they've improved their defense this year. Kirk Cousins has a lot of weapons around him, and you know you're going to get two really good seasons. In Superflex, you have to get two quarterbacks. So if you're waiting and Kirk Cousins is your second guy at a good value, you might get a re rewarded with a very special season there between you know him throwing to Jefferson and Thielen and having all those weapons. And Baker Mayfield, although he's not going to recoup that past value, We've said, hey, the Cleveland's taken the, dis the, the dysfunction out of Cleveland. We might have to change our opening song at some point there. We uh, have to. to I, Dynasty I, Theory. We've been talking but, about we have to. But like Baker, he's going to get a second contract. You're going to get a lot of years out of Baker. And as long as that team is as good as they are right now, he's going to produce. 
And if Russ has an MVP season, Chris Carson benefits. So those kind of guys, JB, if you hop on them and you pull the trigger when you're reluctant to because you think, ah, what am I going to get long term? Hey, you already got those nice assets in your first five, six, however many rounds. But there's that point where it's like, okay, it's Chris Carson's in that tier. Don't fade him. He's a guy that could help you win. Here's a big caveat. I want to add to all of this because, well, I think we all are willing to go out and get these types of guys. There's, you just can't take it too far. You mm-hmm. can't go and get two years ago, get Todd Gurley and get Damian Williams and get, you know, whoever on top of it. If you do it in selective pieces, your teams are going to be okay. The problem is when you go all out and this is your strategy, you're like, hey, I'm going to buy all of these older vets who produce but have lower dynasty value. And when one of them doesn't hit, like the value of your team just drops. And then you're continually trying to make it up. What you want with these guys is you just want enough of them that's going to help you compete. But you don't want your whole team to be full of these guys. Finding that nice balance. And then if you still have those future picks that you can backfill. I, mm-hmm. I think that's really that's important. That's and, and that's something, and we're not really doing startup strategy here, but in a few leagues where I've been able to trade back, acquire future draft capital, and I've talked about this on multiple episodes up to this point. So if you've already heard the spiel, you know, hit that 15 second skip button right now, you know, just, just to get through this. But, you know, then you're able to take veterans because you have those picks to backfill. So I think that's an easy way to do it. Find that balance, which is critical. You know, we don't want a team that's going to go one extreme or the other. Ideally, you know, it is that balance. But OK, so wide receivers. And Mitch, you have talked about this so many times, and sometimes it's to troll a little bit, but there's a lot of truth behind this. Hey, guys, running back, they don't maintain their value. And then Mitch jumps in. What about Odell Beckham? What about Juju? What about Chris Godwin? You know, all these players. So really quick, four, four wide receivers I pulled here from June 2020 to June 2021, Juju. We all know he's young. He turns 25 later this year. He was wide receiver 16 on a per game basis in 2020. Wide, rec- wide receiver 7 ADP. He's wide receiver 28 ADP now. And that blows my mind. Mike Evans, a little bit older. And this is Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup as well. Wide receiver 9 for Evans. 6 for Robinson. 23 for Cup. All of those guys dropped. Cooper Cup now has the best quarterback in his career. He dropped from wide receiver 17 to wide receiver 31. It just doesn't make sense. So a lot of this, it you know, this episode could have been tied into the narrative-based episodes we do, we've done, the market inefficiencies. This is why we talk about waiting at wide receiver if possible, because there is that tremendous value. But Mitch, we talked about reasons that a running back or quarterback might be slipping. And I, I think we covered that very well. But wide receiver throw some thoughts out there. I really think it's just age and injuries. And really it's just looking more like age. If there's no reason for those three guys you mentioned to drop, I actually understand Evans a little bit, because if you look at his game log, you could be like, uh, there's some like one, one catch, one touchdown games in there, but cup and Robinson, they don't make any sense. They, their offense improved and they've dropped. So I really think it's just based off age and 
we talk a lot on this show and a lot of other people talk about zigging while everybody else is zagging. Well, the whole dynasty com- community is moving in the one direction on youth is what we care about. Draft picks is what we care about and wide receivers is what we care about. And it's kind of always been that way, but Twitter is blowing up so much. that it's just getting echoed that much more. And so when one guy just hits that 28, we hear, Oh, Hey, that means AJ Brown is now the wide receiver one. I don't think AJ Brown is ever going to put up dynasty wide receiver one numbers, but he will be still be valued there because that's how the dynasty community values wide receivers now. And this is where you can really take advantage of those market inefficiencies that we've talked about. If you had a Mike Evans previously when he was 25, 26, you could then have flipped him for something plus and then a year and a half, two years later, go out and acquire Mike Evans at a great discount. The dude's not even 28 yet. Allen Robinson, he's not even 28 yet. I'm going to send both of them birthday gifts for their birthday this year. Say happy 28th. You're going to win me some money because people keep letting you slip. And it's just, it, like Allen Robinson is now going to be playing with the best quarterback of his career, even in college, probably high school and grade school, too. Andy Dalton could provide that for the Bears. You're right, JB. Oh, shut up. It's just I was just going to say, Dan's going to bring up Andy Dalton. I know. Come on. Come on. Wait, I like how I say, I I thought about this after I just said it, that it could even be including high school and middle school. If Allen Robinson had a better quarterback in high school or middle school than Justin Fields, I want to see that player because, wow. Uh, But uh, age, I, I think that's a good one. But let me ask you. Because like Juju, especially Cooper Cup, everybody talks about those alpha receivers. And can we just say it's a big, fast wide receiver like that? That's an alpha. Like, so people say alpha. That's what they mean. You're not going to talk about an alpha out of the slot as good as Keenan Allen is. Nobody's I, I don't think if you throw the word alpha receiver out there, somebody's going to say Keenan Allen. You know, and and Juju, he he's played out of the slot previously. Cup, he's played out of the slot. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson, Evans, they fit that bill a little bit more. But I just think, and Mitch, you mentioned it, but AJ Brown, DK Met, like, why is DK Metcalf two two and a half times the price of Allen Robinson? Why? H, and because DK Metcalf is a massive man and he is fast. But you mentioned Keenan Allen. I mean, he's been disrespected throughout his career. He's, he's another slow. guy. He's too slow. He can't you know? be fantasy. He's too slow. But he, here's a guy that has 4,000-yard seasons under his belt, almost had a, a fifth one last year, consistent producer, and has the best quarterback, I'd argue, potentially of his career. You know, I mean, they've had some yep. good ones in San Diego there. But, I mean, here he is at his age 29 season, probably in the prime of his career, really in a position for a a special season. Yeah. But I, I just, we've talked about wide receivers so much. I don't think we necessarily have to go into, to detail here, but it is crazy how quickly even the value shift for for wide receiver, Mitch. I was just going to say, I was going to bring up tight ends. And the reason, because I think they're kind of in their own little stratosphere when we talk about this, Yeah, because all you need is just a little decent small game sample and you will shoot up the draft look at irv smith trey burton 
Yeah, Trey Burton, exactly. I, I mean, fell into that freaking trap. But people still really like Irv Smith. And it's like the Vikings have never really used their tight end to that extreme. He's never had over 400 yards receiving. Dallas Goddard. Everybody loves Dallas Goddard because once Zach Ertz leaves, we're going to love Dallas Goddard. We've heard that for three years now. And Zach Ertz is still there. And Dallas Goddard is still not a top five dynasty tight end. But people value him there. And I mean, we saw it with me, Vance McDonald, right? I I'll, let you talk me into that. I Vance. know. I let you talk me into it, that. It's that gift. That gift was amazing. John had Vance on his roster just a week ago. <laughs> Wait, we're, wait, we're going to get into that this next segment. Hold on, hold on. It was on, a teaser. On. That was a teaser. Hold on. But, but yeah, I, I do agree. I think tight ends in their own little uh, uh, bubble there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so this question, like I said, it came from Packy in our Discord, always active, always engaged. Hopefully we, we answered it to an extent. There was a lot there, a lot in under 30 minutes. And like I said, this could tie in so well to the narrative-based episodes that we did. So if you haven't had a chance to go back, listen to them. We touched on quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I the, really quickly on tight end at the beginning of another episode. But there are ways to capitalize off of these false narratives, essentially. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I mean, Mark Andrews, we mentioned him. Uh, well, he doesn't run a lot of routes. Well, they're hyper-efficient. So something's got to give. David Montgomery... He had a career year because of the defenses he faced at the end of the season. Tariq Cohen's back. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones is gone, and he's he's old as dirt. You know, so there are different ways that people try to spin these. But again, like a player like Juju, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup. If you without mentioning age, what can you say about Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup that they should have dropped in value? It doesn't make sense to me. And again, ADP, it's not the, the, uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Holy grail. Yeah, essentially, man, I really stumbled there. That could be like a bloop reel, (laughs) but it's not everything there. And it just, it blows my mind that these two guys now with the best quarterbacks of their careers are dropping in Cooper cup by 14 wide receiver spots. But anyway, now, Vance McDonald and Packy, let us know when you listen to this. Guys, what were you talking about? You didn't answer anything I wanted. Hopefully, we touched on a little bit, but really quickly. And Dan yelled at me. He said, JB, Mitch and I did this over a month ago. I don't know why we got to talk about (laughs) that. But I finally, and this actually came from a conversation. So I got to give a shout out to Scott Connor and the Dynasty and Chill. Uh, Patreon, you know, they, they were going through, we were sharing again, the only Patreon that I subscribe to. So that should carry a, a lot of weight. If you're, if you're listening to this, but we were sharing screenshots of our roster ship. And I, I think Vance was at the top, uh, towards my top of the tight end. And somebody was like, John, you, you're wasting roster spots. I said, listen, listen, <laughs> I know and I always say waivers are my weakest point because I, I I don't put time into it and I should. So I went through and Dan and Mitch were getting alerts all weekend. I think I put about five hours into this this weekend. Went through, cleared off a ton of people. I 
I had Danny Amendola on a few rosters. I had Vance McDonald. I still had a share of Demarius Thomas. And we're always saying, listen, you're listening to Dynasty Theory. You got to be active. You got to you got to be paying attention to your rosters. And here I am sitting in this glass house throwing rocks. And it just, you know, so Dan, you, you've provided some entertainment definitely this offseason, JB, because there were, like I said, Mitch and I, you know, I'd, I'd be watching the waiver wire. Oh, hey, Mitch, pick that guy up. I wonder why I like some. And then I'd be going through picking some guys up and then looking at everybody's rosters. And you know, every once in a while, and Mitch probably does this as commish, you know, like certain teams didn't cut four guys yep. and they're over their roster limit. And you offer them a trade and you get that little warning message. And I'm it was like, probably it was probably me. Like, wait, mm-hmm. wait a second, that, that's our that's that's our, our our fearless leader, John. There, so and I see guys like Vance McDonald on the roster. And I'm like, this, he does know he's retired. I know he does. So, buddy, you're you're you know you're you're missing those ocean bottom players that you know I take pride in picking up. You, the guys you picked up yesterday might even be lower than the ocean bottom. So you, I'm I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think there. Uh, your your Gary Brightwell picks. I think I said his name right. <laughs> Uh, I did pick up Gary. I think he's a writer, isn't he? What'd you say? Isn't he a writer? Uh, no, I mean, he, he might be as be. well, but he might be. He's writing poetry as a fourth string running back for the New York Giants. But I did 20 email alerts, 15 of them were Gary Brightwell to John Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, when you have retired players on your roster, you have some roster spots to fill. That's exactly what I did. But I'm going to, I'm showing my hand here so to speak anybody that's in any of the safe leagues with me especially the safe leagues because those are the ones like there's some other leagues that it's first come first serve at this point and that's why i was picking up my gary brightwells but i have a lot of claims in for a few players and there's only three that i want to mention wayne gallman is one of them and Mitch, in the in our chat, you said so. We're really going to talk to people about Wayne Gallman today. <laughs> I knew we were going to. We I are. Know it. I so know. Wayne Gallman, and I tweeted this out, and somebody said, "JB, why do you like Wayne Gallman?" It's a good question. He was for the situation in New York last year. He was productive. He was efficient, and that that's crazy to think about in the situation he was in. But in San Francisco, Wilson. He's hurt, and there's a lot of question marks as to whether or not he's going to step in the field this year. You have Raheem Mostert, who does not always have a clean bill of health. He's already, what, 29 years old? And then you have Trey Sermon. With the way they want to run that offense, and that report came out recently, I think it was yesterday, about them wanting to run 500 times this season. Is that number a little high? Possibly. But there is probably enough there, assuming Trey Lance takes over, as the season progresses and hopefully they can get more red zone opportunities that two running backs can at least provide flex appeal certain weeks. Um, And again, these these are deeper leagues. So flex appeal doesn't necessarily mean running back three numbers. So I'm not saying that, but there is a path to opportunity for Wayne Gallman. And it just takes one, uh, you know, unfortunate event there for Raheem Mostert. And maybe Trey Sermon's not everything the 49ers think he is and everything that Dan thinks he is. So Wayne Gallman, somebody that was on a lot of waiver wires st- still, even after what? No, that little Trey Sermon dig there, man. If I think he's going to be great, he's going to be great, John Bauer. Oh, I, I finally, on the, the card I got, the Trey Sermon card, I finally got a hit on Facebook mar- Marketplace. <laughs> 
I posted it for a hundred, 125. And they came back and said 75. I said, lowest I can do is a hundred. I probably should sell it for 75. <laughs> you should have taken that offer. Back. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll reach back out and say, ah, you know, give me like a Wendy's coupon as well with that 75 bucks. Anyway. So Trey Sermon, Wayne Gallman, there is a path there for Wayne Gallman. Just to pr provide depth for your lineup. This next one, it is solely based on injury. If anything happens to Joe Mixon, Samaja P Ryan, I really do believe, I believe I'm not Mitch. You're making a face. I'm not, I'm not making any face. No, you are making a face and it hurts me deeply. No, no I'm not. I, I think I'm about, I have about 30 claim. <laughs> Would you say? He, he said, I think Sorry, he's a great player. <laughs> We're talking about, listen, we it is rare John Bauer talks about this this lower level of a player in for fantasy football. Listen, we are talking about players still on the waiver wire after those first couple waiver claims processed. So, yeah, there's going to be garbage out there. <laughs> All right. So, Samaja P. Ryan, if anything were to happen to Joe Mixon, I do think he's next in line there in Cincinnati. Hey, Joe Mixon, he always disappoints. Well, I want P. Ryan. Well, again, could he provide running back three numbers at times given the workload there? Yeah, I believe he could. So again, I am not saying go get these guys because they're going to, they're going to put up numbers week one for you. And man, if you had running back problems, they're going to solve those problems. But as the season progresses, if there's injuries, if there are changing things within the, the 49ers backfield, those are two players, Wayne Gallman, Samaja P Ryan, that I do believe could provide some opportunity. Last one, really quick. I know he did not do a lot in college, didn't have a lot of opportunity. Luke Farrell, tight end, Jacksonville Jaguars. Mitch, initially, I, I looked back at our projections for him, and I was like, that's high. And I actually got, I made some adjustments. That's good. That's good. But even after those adjustments, there is a wide open tight end opportunity in Jacksonville. What is that opportunity? Listen, I know it's a completely different regime but just to think like Tyler Eifert had all those targets last year and I want Trevor. Listen, I, I, that has nothing to do with anything. I know. I know. I, I, I know. There's no flag. I know what Dan's going to bring up and it's not what you're thinking it's going to be. <laughs> One, you're talking Tyler Eifert, who is a receiving tight end, who's had a pretty, pretty good career in the NFL. The dude can't walk. It was a previous coach and staff. It's, it's going to be other than blocking. Man hurts might sneak out once in a while, but you you could just delete that Jacksonville tight end position there. You don't like, think there's going to be I, any I, like, like th that guy wasn't even a prospect going into this year's draft. Like no matter where he went, I wasn't looking at him. The fact that he went to well, Jacksonville and they have on, no, no competition, he belongs on the waiver wire, especially in Dynasty. Well, I'm dropping thirty nine bucks on him. That's ocean, no. buddy. Put it put it in for a buck, and I promise you'll get him. <laughs> no, I, I I always go like I ended a nine, so like thirty nine, right, nine dollars. Don't um, overspend. Let me save you some fab. You know how much I value fab. Well, I can drop. I, three point, I can drop three point nine percent of my my fab. Okay. All right. I, I can afford that. I'll <laughs> save the. I'll save the other ninety six point one percent. Okay. Anyway, just a name I'm dropping. And I posted that on Twitter and our uh, uh, Mike from NFL Rough Draft. I feel like I talk about those dudes every episode. I got to, they better send me a nice, you know, thank you. But 
he said, I, I disagree with this one. He mentioned some other tight end names. Then, then he was like, well, that player might not even make the team. So who knows? But anyway, Luke Farrell, ocean, ocean bottom depth. And that's in two PPR for tight ends. <laughs> so just trying to nudge him up a little bit. I'm going to get a lot of Luke Farrell hate after this. I guarantee it. A little bit. I think if I think bit. if Mitch named all those guys, I'd probably like them. But the fact that you brought them up, JB, because <laughs> you've busted me for years with the free agent pickups, I, you know, it had some humor. There's nothing out there. But again, I have to fill my roster because I had retired You're players. Right. I have and eight it, roster spots. In all seriousness, because because I am OCD about this, I love picking up those bottom of the ocean kind of guys. So I'm actually enjoying this more than you know, as much as I'm I'm busting you. And, and I think there is a place for that. As people are going to look at the waiver wire, and there are some people. Look, we, look how red Mitch, my Mitch, I know are. Mitch I'm sees all, them as commissioner. Well, There's a lot of teams that got to cut guys and and have some dead weight on their roster where they pick could pick pick up guys. So you you've got an angle on some of those guys. Gallman's a product was a good running back in Clemson. He flashed a little bit there with the Giants. So he's in a good situation where there's an opportunity. The only running back I had on my list that I mentioned, and he's just a guy I, I like from last year, and it falls into that workout program. You know, he, he's he's a workout warrior, Lamar Miller. But he's a guy who had great NFL success in Washington. You're, you're, likes wait, him. wait, 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 I'm wait. I'm just saying backup. He's like a Samaj P. Ryan opportunistic, you know, if Antonio Gibson got hurt, I think You would he need could 10 be, players to get hurt. For I think Lamar he Miller could be their number two. And he's I'm still saying, oh my god, he could be a number two. Yeah, because he's crap. Number last two, last guy on the bottom of the roster pickup. Come on, if you like Luke Farrell, you can like Lamar Miller. But wait, so but, you're knocking me on Luke Farrell? I'll take him over Lamar Miller one thousand out of a thousand times. But I'm talking running backs. I'm saying, let's say Gallman's gone, Pirine's gone. I'm giving you one extra guy that you could add to the list that's in great shape. He could catch the ball out of the backfield if there was an injury. There could be an opportunity there. It late in the season, they started involving throwing him in there in the passing game. I'm just saying they re-signed him. So and he was a thousand yard rusher before Miami. He, he could play Lamar Miller. He that got, was he 30 had, years ago, Dan. It was a couple years ago, but all right. So touche there. But then I'm gonna go to the wide receiver position and I'm gonna give you three quick ones. Devin Duvernay. Now th- this one is this is this is just the intel here. Peter King. Light had some insight. He says, I just got this gut feeling that Duvernay could end up finding a prominent role there this year. And he's young. He was just a rookie last year, and everybody loved Duvernay. Now, all of a sudden, everybody hates him, including John Bauer. I'm just saying, don't give up on him. He's a pretty good guy for a free agent wire pickup, better than Luke Farrell or whoever he was. And then second one's in New Orleans. If that Winston gets that passing game going. I don't know if I believe in Traquan Smith, even though I see Traquan getting drafted pretty high. But I'm keeping an eye on Deontay Harris and Marquise Calloway. Calloway. Harris had a he got peppered with targets in some games where he went off. And I remember Troy Aikman talking to Coach uh, Coach Payton there, and re- who really liked Marquise Calloway. So those guys are interesting. And Richie James over there with the Niners. Uh, that's a, that's a deep deep one, man. You remember he had like 16 catches in a game when Kittle was out there. He's kind of just kind of finding some opportunity. So it could be a slot guy, third guy, bottom of the uh, free agent wire guy for you. Why why, why give me that blank stare like you saw a ghost? Because I'm terrified. And it's not even <laughs> Halloween yet. Uh, uh, so I pulled up, and Mitch, I'll turn it over here in a second to wrap it up with our fantastic free agent. But, uh, this has been riveting. <laughs> but one, one guy that I, I got on you to a lot uh, – and he is out there on waivers in a lot of 12-team leagues. Jalen Darden. 
He he is available, and as a, listen, as a waiver wire pickup, why not? No, I'm challenging you right now because that, that that that's BS. You took my final thought tonight away from me because we were talking about shares and total shares. Yeah, and right there, boys, I got my Darden autograph in the mail today. He's my Very guy, nice. even though you. You both, you guys, keep stealing from me. All of a sudden, he's this big free agent pickup from 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 John. John, he shouldn't be a free agent pickup. We talked in previous Dynasty Theory yeah. episodes. He should have been drafted. Well, that's I have what I'm saying. Thirteen that's what... shares of of Dart, and he should not be on a free agent wire. That's exactly you stole my, my guy. You stole my, my final thought. Now I got to give a new final thought in a little while. Thanks. That's John. my point. And you know, Gallman, I actually made a trade earlier today, a big trade. I know, I know, Mitch. I know, but I Mitch is ready to get I, Mitch. Do you want to tell the listeners why you got to get out of here tonight? It's the Bachelorette night. I mean, we got important things going on. Oh, here well, we go. It, it was last night, and I watched it whenever it first aired. I don't know why you're waiting. I'm in Utah. We're a day behind here. Yeah. Keelan Hill is out there on a lot of uh, waiver wires still. Potential there in, in Green Bay. So the theme for me is running backs that could just potentially get some type of spike in value. You, you notice I did not touch on any wide receivers because – like even Russell Gage, just listen, Russell Gage was a perfect example last year and his opportunity has increased here heading into 2021. You're still not really getting too much for him if you wanted to move him. So I'm looking for any of these guys that could just get a spike in value for one reason or another and really benefit in your, your uh, league's trade market. All right, Mitch, bring us home before final thoughts. Do you have any waivers? I just want to mention I think the best plan of attack right now is to save your fab, to be honest. As much as we like these running backs that we're bringing up, like the running back has to go down in front of them for to produce, right? But Correct. in previous years, we've seen guys like Bo Scarborough take off, right? He played for Detroit and got a, like a 100-yard game. And that was like late in the year because you had a half fab to pick him up. Jonathan Williams this past season or maybe it was two seasons ago for the rights, right? Whenever it was, I mean, but you have, you need to have money in order to get those guys, because those are guys that you go all in on. You spend all of your fab, you trade for more fab, like what Dan does. And those are the guys that I want to spend mine on. Like the only, I looked all over all of my waivers. The only one I could come up with was, let me get his name right. I wrote it down. Alamade Zacchaeus. And the, only reason why I brought him up is because I don't know if we really know how that Atlanta, Atlanta offense is going to run. What's this weird accent? Alana. I know it's been going out all day night tonight, but you know what happens? Alana, Alana. Yeah, but that's a good uh, one, Mitch. Everyone says Kyle Pitts is going to go the outside. Do we know Kyle Pitts is really going to go the outside? So maybe Russell Gage is actually going to go outside more. Um, Zacchaeus is going to go more to the slot. And then we see Pitts in the tight end role that he was drafted for. I mean, I just think we don't know. So that's a guy to where I think he's worth just picking up if he's available, but I don't want to spend fab on anybody right now because I want to save it up for guys that I think will actually matter during the season. So three quick thoughts. One, I like Zacchaeus. Three. Zacchaeus. Yeah, well, Mitch, Mitch is bringing up ideas here. J- John, you've, you've had your floor, all right? It's, it's Mitch and I's turn here now, all right? You you sold your free agent takes just because – see, Mitch, you, you and I like guys, Mitch, and John doesn't like them. He just wants to – it just matters what he wants to hear. But anyway, no, but Zacchaeus was a deep threat. There were games in Atlanta last year where he looked – good like he toasted some people score have maybe two games in a row and then he would 
fall off the face of the earth for like three games. And then some other Atlanta receiver would kind of come through there. So I'm really wondering what Atlanta does think of those other receivers to let Julio go. Not other than Pitts, not pick anybody up. Um, that could be a going. My second thought was this time of year, people are kind of snoozing on the free agents. They're not paying attention. So I think to Mitch's point, you do want to save because people just aren't spending in general. Like you see some weeks, the free agent wire passes and there's nobody on there, or maybe like one of the league owners, two tops were active. And sometimes I'll see someone spend 50, 60 bucks and they're the only one to spend money. I'm like, you could have got them for a buck. So my third and final thought was to your points again, Mitch, would you say John is wasting $39 on Luke, whatever his name is? I wouldn't call it a waste because that would be mean. But so I'm being mean. That's fair. I mean, I wouldn't spend that much on him. All right. So before we hit the final thoughts and before, I mean, I'm assuming very few people stuck around throughout this waiver conversation. But if you did, (laughs) if you did one for you guys, because I do think you're right. I think you talk some sense into me. I'm very, you know, crazy when it comes to my my money and my fab. Maybe I should bring those bids down a little bit. And I think I will, especially on Luke Farrell. I mean, what's the worst that happens? You don't get Luke Farrell. I mean, that's kind of yeah. like the worst and, thing that happens. Here. And then he becomes a top 50 tight end. What's going to happen then when he gets two points a game? It's a very okay. good point. All right. So I'm going to bring those bids down. But if you stuck around throughout this waiver wire conversation, whether it is on YouTube, via DM, on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, I want you to let us know. Who had better waiver wire advice tonight? Was it Dan? Was it myself? Or was it Mitch saying, hold on to your money and, and hold on to it tight? So let us know because I would be very interested. And this it's like, whose line is it anyway? You know, it's where the points don't matter. But I want to know. And I, I guarantee you nobody's going to pick my guys. I guarantee it. Final thoughts. All right, Mitch, I want to start with you tonight. This wasn't a 30-minute episode. Tell the family I'm sorry because I couldn't stop talking about the waiver wire. All right, Mitch, final thoughts. Very important. The only thing I'm sure we're going to hit on this in future episodes, but we've already seen the dynasty community is kind of down on the 22 firsts. I think now is a good time to move them and you can still get really good value for them because I think the more people that talk about it, there's going to be like, hey, there's not a lot of high-end guys out there. And I think we could see it slow. Not, I mean, because rookie picks always gain in value a little bit. I don't think we're going to see the pitch that what we saw this past season and definitely not what we saw last year. All right. I disagree a little bit there, but we'll save that for a future well, episode. Everyone always disagrees when I say that. It's okay. Dan, li- final I'll- thoughts? I listen to Mitch. I traded a number one yesterday or today. So good advice, Mitch. Uh, I think Will Farrell's better than Luke Farrell. And my actual final thought is to the point of my Jalen Darden 13 shares. John, you've plugged this a lot in our, our Discord channel there, dynastyplanet.com. A great place to put in your MFL and sleeper shares and, and see where your rosters are lining up, how many you have of each guy. So check out dynastyplanet.com if you're not familiar with it. And, uh, John, stay away from my Jalen Jalen Darden shares. Well, I'm going to pick up a few for two or three dollars in the waiver wire. All right, anybody that's listening live, I'm going to let everybody get out and they can watch the Bachelorette if they haven't. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Remember, check out the projections, the point per game analyzer, the merchandise. Uh, again, I may or may not have ordered three things. 
if my wife's listening, it was zero things. I promise. Just don't look at the, the mail over the next few weeks. Anyway, we'll catch everybody later. Have a fantastic night. <laughs>